Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Buddy. We drop a new podcast every Friday morning with a new story that will impact someone. We hope that someone is you. As always, we just want to say thank you again to all the listeners each week who take the time to hear the stories of our guests. Please take a moment right now, if you don't mind, to subscribe to our podcast, give us a review, and share this podcast with your friends, family, and on your favorite social media platform. We want to get these messages out to the people and to impact the world one testimony at a time. This morning, I'm really excited and grateful to introduce you to my friend, my guest, Matthew Melskow. Welcome, Matthew. Good morning, buddy. Dude, I'm really stoked for this, man. You know, I've been, well, it's funny, we've been friends for a long time. I think my wife and I did uh, like Sunday school. And, oh, yeah. And um, my, oh yeah, my earliest memories of you were were in. Uh, I think it's I think it's still called Rock Salt. Rock Salt. Yeah, yeah. And what do you remember about that? I'm just curious. So there, there's two very vivid <laughs> memories I have. Uh, yeah. um, neither one of them involve what we were actually there to do. Yeah. Uh, which is study scripture, and that's probably not a good thing. But at the same time, yeah, yeah. Um, the first very vivid memory I have is uh, we were playing Connect Four afterwards. Mm. And, uh, it was a really, I, I'd never beaten you before and it was a really, really close game. And my mom and dad came to pick me up and, you know, say, you know, it's time to go home after yeah, church yeah. and I didn't want to go. And so I said, I'm busy. And I was locked in on the game and my mom and dad did not take, take very kindly to them, to me telling them that, uh, I was too busy for them, but that was memory number one. And then memory. Oh, and who won that game? Did you ever win any? Uh, I think eventually I won one, but man, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty fierce competitor. Yeah, man. no kidding. <laughs> Beat you, up on the little you kids. Never you never know? take it easy on never. me. I can tell you that. That's yeah, funny. Uh, and the second memory I had is, uh, anytime someone would talk out a turn or whatever in your, in your little Bible studies, uh, you made us do push-ups. And there's one specific time hmm. where we had a new kid who had never, never been to our little group before. Yeah. And, uh, he started talking out a turn and you said, okay, get down in the middle and do your pushups, do 10 pushups. And he said, no, I won't do it. And over and over and over again, you asked. And finally I piped up and I said, here, I'll just do them for him. Mm. And you said, well, now you got to do 20. Cause if you're taking his punishment, you get more too. Really? Yeah. I don't remember. That's funny. You would remember oh, that. Oh, I remember that like it was yesterday. Oh. And so I thought I was going to, you know, help everyone out and, and get down, just do the push-up so we can move on. And no, you're like, okay, here's 10 more. <laughs> mm. oh, did that person, were they changed by that? Did, did you impact them by your willingness to go pay for the sin of a misbehaved kid? I don't know, man. I, I have no idea. That's I've, funny. I've never seen them since. And and to, to be honest, I couldn't even remember their name. Yeah. Uh, but it's just one of those memories that's stuck in my head. Wow. I'm going to introduce you in a moment, but I, I want to just tell you why push-ups were the thing. I was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. So I remember pain. I don't remember successes. I always remember pain. Oh yeah. And I was in fifth grade. I was talking out and being a typical boy. And Mr. Syme mm -hmm. says, buddy, start doing push-ups. Well, how many? Until I tell you I'm done. <laughs> oh. And I realized that changed me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he cared enough to actually make me do something. It wasn't because I was trying to be mean. As I was just trying to, uh, what I realized about Mr. Simon is he actually did care. Oh, yeah. And oh, so yeah. 
it was funny, real quick, just the story is, you know, boys and girls in this Sunday school class, right? Rock mm-hmm. salt. The girls never did push-ups because they didn't misbehave. No. So no. what I began to do is put the girls up. Hey, girls, who needs to do a push-up, push-up <laughs> right now? Well, Matthew does or whoever does. Like, oh, yeah. So then they would call out the boy and it was no longer me. So I learned some tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That was my strategy, by the way. It was hilarious. I love that. Oh, yeah. I love seeing you guys do push-ups. Oh yeah, it's, it, and and going back to the to the comment you made of the of uh, the, the man who made you may do pushups for the yeah. for the first time, just the 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 idea of caring, and I think that that's that's one thing that my parents did very very well with yeah. me is yeah. is they wouldn't let me get away with uh, with doing wrong, they wouldn't let me sin, they wouldn't let me do that without some type of punishment, and it wasn't because they they hated me, it wasn't because they wanted they had it out for me, it was because they truly cared and they wanted me to to associate doing something wrong, taking an extra cookie from the cookie jar or whatever with a negative consequence. Because later in life, I mean, if I go down to the store and I grab an extra loaf of bread and run out the door with it, it ends in in a much bigger consequence. Yeah. Discipline, being disciplined by your parents and teachers and Sunday school teachers. Oh yeah, no kidding. You know what? Uh, I appreciate that. That Mr. Syme in the fifth grade, I remember that. I don't remember much. But I remember painful times. That was painful. It was embarrassing, by the way. Oh, yeah. So, hey, let me introduce you real quick. So, first of all, what you said is, I'm a lifelong and forever Christian. I would agree with that. I'm a crop advisor at Proudham Co-op. And what I love about that is you've been with this company. You're 24, right? Yeah, 24. You're 24. You've been with them for five years. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I Most was- Gen Zs, and we'll talk about Gen Z in a little bit, they, they're good for about six months to a year and a half. I'm not trying to pick on these guys, but typical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You've been there for five years. You think you'll keep with them for a while? I am going to do this job till the day I die. It's incredible. Just a side note, I was just talking to a guy on the phone a moment ago. Uh, he's a friend and a client. Um, at age 20, he started as a helicopter mechanic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's with the same company, 25, coming up on 26 years later. Same company. It's pretty that, cool. That's so cool. That's unheard of. Oh, yeah. You're raised on a small farm outside of Jefferson, Oregon. You are a wrestling coach and public speaking at Saniam Christian, or with public speaking at Saniam Christian. The things I know about you, you're an older brother to two brother, two younger brothers, mm-hmm. and two adopted sisters. Yes. Is that right? Yes. You're an avid hunter. Mm-hmm. You're a goal setter because you've, you've helped me set goals. It's oh, funny yeah. to me, it's like, you know, I'm much older and wiser, I would think, but the facts are, I'm not. And the accountability pieces, we can all learn from each other. Doesn't oh, yeah. matter. Oh yeah. So I appreciate you. I remember the probably last October. You know, I had a breakfast on a Friday morning, mm-hmm. as we often do, at least once every other month or so. Mm-hmm. Being held accountable. In fact, it was August because I went on a trip in September. I had to work on my goals. Oh yeah, yeah. I you remember said that. So. I remember, remember that. that. Yes. So yeah. it's. A, it's amazing because I, I think that I think our world and our culture today puts so much emphasis on you know age and whatever, yeah. and that the the older person is automatically the smarter person or, or the wiser person or or whatever. And yeah. I, I I'm only 24, but the amount of time that I've spent coaching and mm-hmm. I mean my FFA kids and my wrestlers, I learn something new every day for them. And I yeah. mean they're they're high schoolers. Yeah. I I have my little brothers that I you know. Pfft, that's just a little brother or whatever. And I see them doing things all the time where it's like, yeah. wow, yeah. I, that's amazing. What I wrote down is I, 
I think you're a, you're a blue collar guy. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I'm a blue collar guy too. And, uh, just real, just authentic. And I love that. Um, you, you mentioned stag being stagnant is not growing. And I think what you're mean too is continuing to learn being humble keeps you growing because mm-hmm. if you think you've arrived in your way, like, yeah, I'm older than you. Maybe I know a few more things, but that doesn't make me better. Mm-hmm. I've just had more experience than you, but I still have things to learn. Oh yeah. And so do I love that? Well, let's kind of dive in. I got lots of good questions for you. And, uh, I want this to be about your age group. Mm-hmm. You know, we have lots of different age groups telling their stories. Uh, you've had successes. You've also had failures. Oh yes. Uh, and we'll talk about those successes, but kind of walk us through where you're where you're born, um, kind of where you went to high school, college. I know I know you're a Beaver. You went to Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of walk us through your journey a little bit. Kind of lessons you learned along the way. Okay. Some failures, some successes. Just briefly there, and we'll kind of dive in from there. And I want to learn more about this Gen Z group because. It's interesting. And we're an interesting group. You are, but awesome group. I mean, we don't want to stereotype you, but maybe we can learn more about who, oh, yeah. who you guys are. So I was born uh, in Olympia, Washington in June 12th, 1999, um, and uh, to a loving mom and a hard, hardest working dad that I've ever met. Um, and my my dad was working for Warehouser at the time, mm. um, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom to take care of me. And we lived in Olympia for about 18 months, moved to Kaiser, um, stayed there for about 18 months. But both my mom and my dad uh, both grew up in the agriculture farming community, and they they both decided that the, the suburb of Kaiser was not going to – that that was not going to work. And so I uh, ended up moving to a small farm outside of Jefferson, Oregon, where I spent – basically my entire life up to this point. Same place, same home. S- same home, same place. Uh, my dad's worked for the same company for my entire life. Uh, this is so unique, Rosie. I just want to, I mean, how many people, you were born in, I mean, yeah, you're born in Olympia, but you, for the most part, you lived in one house, your entire upbringing. Mm-hmm. Your, your dad still works for the same company, same home, same town. Yeah, pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I, I think I think that that is a very, very big piece of, of who I am. And, and I, I have a lot of connections in the community yeah. between different friends and family and stuff like that. And I think that part of that is because I was able to stay in the same place my entire life. And, and I still, my, one of my closest friends we met as a freshman in high school, he was, he was sitting in the back of English, English class. And I remember walking in thinking, man, that dude looks a little weird. <laughs> we ended up having seven class periods together. And we're still, we're coming up on a decade of knowing each other and still super, super close friends. And, mm. and I think that, that just that idea of just being in the same place my entire life is, it's it's something I, I don't think I could ever, it, it would take a lot for me to leave this place just because Oregon and specifically yeah. the Willamette Valley is yeah. home. Yeah. Now I know you did FFA, mm-hmm. you wrestled, mm-hmm. and you're a public speaker. Yes. Those are all awesome. Mm-hmm. Talk about those real quick. What, what was there one that you're more passionate about than the others? Were they all the same? I would different. S- so the there's a there's a different level. Um, wrestling sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I've heard that before. Uh, uh, wrestling is not fun. Uh, but there is an 
there, there's a passion. As a wrestling coach, by the way, I just want to clarify. Oh yeah, oh yeah. To to, to all the kids out yeah, there yeah. that I try and recruit and yeah, say yeah. wrestling's the greatest thing ever. No. <laughs> 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 that that may or may I mean it's the greatest thing ever, but it's not what you think when you think greatest thing ever. It's it is a brutal sport, but that's why it's the greatest sport in the world hmm. because in that brutality, in that and how difficult it is, there's no greater success at the end of the day than getting your hand raised. Mm. And it's because of the work that you put in, in the practice room, the the amount of mental strength you have just to make weight, just to, to, to be at home when nobody else is watching and there's a bag of chips on the counter and you have a choice right there. Uh, am I going to, am I going to eat it? And I think that that translates to life so much mm. Um, I've, I've had a lot of success in my short life. I've also had a lot of failures, but the successes that are the sweetest to me come with the most amount of work. Um, so when I was, when I was just starting my job at Pratham, uh, I spent four years as an intern and I still remember, uh, getting called in my boss's office, um, and him telling me that they had a full-time job for me waiting. And I walked out of that office and I went and jumped my pickup and headed my first field. And I don't think I quit smiling all day long. I, I had, I had my, my eyes were watering up and it wasn't because, I mean, I mean, I've, I've been given quite a few job offers before and, you know, none of them meant as much as that one did because of the amount of work that went into it mm. before four years of interning, four years of getting the credit jobs that nobody else wanted. Four, four years of college. Four years of college, just of slaving away to get this, to, to, to achieve this goal. Mm. And I think that that's what wrestling teaches so much is all of the work you put in for the six is what makes the success so special. Um, it, the, the, the hours and hours and hours you spend in the practice room, just getting mauled, getting beat up on mm. getting, because there's always somebody better than you in the practice room, whether or not it's one of your one of your peers, or if if you're the you're the best kid in the room, we'll grab a coach and stick him on you for two and a half hours, and and they're just getting beat up all week long, and then finding that success when you go out there and you get your hand raised is mm. is is second to none because of the work you put in. And so I'd say wrestling has a has a holds a very very special place in my heart um, <laughs> because of that. Um, there's there's actually a really cool story with wrestling. So I only wrestled for a year and a half in high school. Okay. Um, uh, and then I've been coaching for six, I believe. Um, and That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I hated wrestling when I was I was the only reason I started is because I was. I had my license and my little brother Luke was a freshman and he was wrestling and mom said, you have your license. You're going to stay to take Luke home from wrestling practice. And I said, okay, whatever. And I'd sit on the sidelines and I'd just watch and the coaches would come over and they'd needle me and, you know, tr try and get me to join whatever. And I didn't want to. And finally I gave in and the first day we, we did this thing called running stairs and so we'd run up and down the stairs for 20 minutes and going from doing nothing, sitting on the couch to that, 
Uh, I could barely walk the next day. Just my quads were so borderline seized up for mm-hmm. the lack of a better term. And um, I remember that first week I wanted to quit more than anything. But one thing that my dad pounded into me and my mom pounded into me, but but more so my dad and not not even what he would say, but more of just watching his example of you don't quit. You don't, if you start something, you finish it no matter what. And so I was going to finish that season. And I told myself after that, I would be done. I would never, I'd never step foot in that wrestling room again. Um, obviously that didn't happen. Right. And it was the, it was the night, the night before my very first district tournament, my junior year, I was so excited because I got to be done after tomorrow. Yeah. I never have to skip a meal, never have to go up in that wrestling room ever again. I was got to be done. And uh, I remember I couldn't sleep that night. I was tossing and turning, tossing and turning. It was like 3 a.m. in the morning. And I finally just prayed and I said, God, something you're, you're doing something. Um, if you want me to keep wrestling, get, sh- show me tomorrow to do, do something tomorrow. Um, so got up the next morning, um, went and weighed in, made weight, walked out to my first match and I got my butt whooped, just pinned in like seven seconds. And I thought, oh, okay, that, that, cool. I'm, uh, I'm done. <laughs> more, that's more reason to quit right yeah. there. Yeah. Oh Yeah. I go home or go go back to the bleachers, sit down, grab my bag of chips, start eating. You know, nothing's gonna happen. I'm 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 through. I'm done. Um, God God isn't gonna give me a sign. And I remember sitting there and watching my other teammates go up and wrestle. And it was like four or five hours later, and I still hadn't wrestled. And I'm thinking, okay, you've wrestled three times, you've wrestled four times, you've wrestled twice, you've wrestled this, what, 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 what? And I walk up to my coach and I said, did, did, did I miss my last match? And he goes, how many times have you wrestled? I said, one. And he goes, what? Go, go look at the brackets. And so I walk into the bracket where the brackets are posted on the wall. And I see my name. I see, okay, lost first round. And then I went to the backside of the bracket, find my name again. I found it. And I said, forfeit. And I had advanced. And then it said, forfeit again. And I advanced. And it said forfeit a third time. And I advanced again. Well, three kids on my side of the bracket had missed weight. I have been coaching for six years. Uh, and I have never seen that happen in my entire life. Where three kids on the same side. Every now and then one in a bracket will miss weight. Um, to see two in the same bracket is rare. I've never seen three before, and I've never seen three on the same side of the bracket. Um, so because of that, I was in the Constellation semifinals. I was guaranteed to go home with a medal. Wow. And I remember going back to my seat just thinking to myself, and I thought back on the previous season, and I thought of all the times I didn't try very hard, all the times I was just going through the motions. When in reality, this is this is where God wanted me. He 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 wanted me here. He wanted me to learn the lessons that wrestling has to teach, mm. of mental strength, of dying to yourself, 
hmm. of uh, having victory over your flesh when it wants you to quit, when it wants you to just go eat something. And all those lessons I'd thrown out the window just for the sake of just going through the motions. That That is something that uh, I'll never forget that moment. And so I ended up coming back for my senior year and I wrestled and I ended up taking sixth place, exact same place that I took the year before. At district or state? At districts. Okay. Um, never went to state. But that, six, that second sixth place medal that I have means so much more to me than the first. They're, they're, they're the exact same medal, yeah. exact same placing. But my senior year was different because I actually put in work. I actually tried. I was I was a I was voted captain even though I was one of the worst wrestlers on the team. And it had nothing to do with my abilities, nothing to do with any of that, but everything to do with the fact that I was working hard. Cuz in my mind I had 2 years of God's lessons for me to learn in one season. <laughs> and so I had That's to get the well most put. out of it as I possible could. Mm. And so that that's and ever since then, I've been coaching. I love it. I love watching. I love watching my kids go through the the trials of of life. And one of my favorite moments of wrestling was this past year at state. Um, I had a kid. Um, he was a first round of state. It was the very first time ever qualifying for state, and he's up eleven to seven, so up by four. With uh, with 11 seconds left, and he's on top. And so any reasonable person would look at that and say there's no way he can lose. Um, all he has to do is basically grab a hold of the guy and not lose. And he ends up getting reversed to his back and pinned after he was up by four with 11 seconds left. And I remember watching him come across, come come off the mat just completely dejected. And I looked at him and I said, this sucks, doesn't it? And he goes, yeah. And I said, what are you going to do about it? And he got really, really quiet. The rest of that tournament, this kid, if he would have won that match, he would have been guaranteed to place. The rest of that tournament, I don't think I've I've seen and him be more dedicated, more focused on, on winning a match. Took it one match at a time, marched back through the bracket, ended up placing on the backside of the bracket. Hmm. He had the easy route. All he had to do was hold on. And instead he blew it. And then his path got a whole lot harder. And instead of, you know, throwing in the towel... He, he, he rose to the occasion. Hmm. And I think more than anything, th- th- those are also the, the, the things that wrestling teaches you and, and, and really something that, that directly applies to life is you're going to have so many times in your life where you something goes wrong. Something isn't the way you want it to be. Something just isn't right. And you, 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 have a, you have an option. You have two roads in front of you that you can pick from. You can pick to take the easy way out, which is just roll over on your back and get pinned. Or you can rise to the occasion and, and attack 
And I think that that directly applies to so much of life because you're a lot older than me. And I, I'm Wait, not, you say I'm old? <laughs> <laughs> just a little. <laughs> I think that you can, you can point to thousands, if not millions of times in your life where mm. you had a moment where it was difficult, where maybe you, you came home from, from a long day of work and your wife has a headache, your kid is crying, your other kid needs help with homework, and all you want to do is go to sleep. All yep. you want to do is go to bed and not have to worry about this day ever again. And in that moment, you have the exact same choice that my wrestler did. Take the easy road and just go to bed. Take the easy road and just roll over on your back. Or are you going to step up? Are you going to be a man? Rise to the occasion. This is painful, man. <laughs> <laughs> and tell your wife, okay, go ahead and go to bed. Here, here, here's some Advil. Here's, here's some hot tea. Go to bed. I'll handle the kids. Go to the one kid that's crying and say, here's a popsicle. Go in your room, you know, and play with your toys. And then sit down at the table and help your kid on the math homework. One of those options is way easier than the other one. I think you're – I just want to just chime in for a moment. Man. First of all, this is a great lesson. I can still keep learning. Mm -hmm. I haven't conquered it. Nobody has. Men are passive by and large. Mm -hmm. But how do we be active – but we can choose to be, oh, I had a hard day. I'm a victim. Or we can choose to man up. I just going to say my wife calls me out and says, hey, be a man. Oh, okay. You know? So it's it's kind of funny. Uh, I would also say behind every good man is a better woman. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'd say to your dad's, your mom's probably amazing. Mm -hmm. My mm -hmm. mom was amazing. But to your point, it takes both dad and mom. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Definitely takes. I mean, God, God, God made that. I mean, God said in the garden that it is not good for man to be alone, and mm -hmm. there that both of them have a have a role, and that is very very important. And just the the number of statistics in the, in this world that come out when when there isn't a dad, where there isn't a mom, it it never comes out the same as far as what the what the child's development is, what the child what the child ends up being. Um, now there's exceptions to every rule and stuff sure. like that, and there's people that come from hard times, but as a broad, looking at it more broadly, both mom and dad are super, super, super important in a child's development yeah. and, and growing up. And I think that's one of the reasons why I am who I am is because yeah. I had mom on one side being the, being the caring, the nurture, the, the, the grace and mercy and, and, and that side of it. And I had my dad on the other side hardworking, being the example of, of what a man looks like, mm. um, uh, being the, not being afraid to lay down the law sometimes and, and having both of those pouring into me at the same moment is, is something that is irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. It's mm -hmm. a good word. Oh, yeah. I think you're right, man. A lot of broken homes out there that are missing a dad, typically a dad, sometimes a mom, but mm -hmm how important that is in your life. It shaped you who for who you are. But what it sounds like is the joy that comes from a, a success most often comes from pain oh, yeah. and trial and tribulation and difficulty. Because if everything's just great, oh, you won every match, okay. Mm -hmm. you know, like your your sixth place medal from the first year, you're, you didn't have a passion, a why, mm -hmm. a desire, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. whatever, I just want to be done, to now like, Okay, this is even though I'm having pain, 
I'm going to keep moving forward. So that's a really incredible story. It sounds like everybody should be a wrestler. <laughs> Everyone should. It is the greatest sport on earth. I concur. I wrestled for a couple of days. But walk us through, uh, you're a young man, you know, out of college, went to Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Um, not married. No. Might be thinking about dating. Uh, I have a girlfriend well, now, so. Okay, yeah. this is cool. So what does this, you know, how do, how do you, a guy your age, you know, court a lady to think of marrying her one day? You know, I'm not saying you're getting married, but mm-hmm. I mean, how do you look at that? What's that look like for you? I, I think it comes down to the cho- choosing your wife is the second most important decision that you will make in your entire life. What's number one? The number one is your decision to follow Christ. There is no greater decision that you will make in your entire life than choosing to accept him as mm-hmm. your savior and to follow him. Um, his his pathway is is the best pathway it will for your life uh, doesn't mean it's going to be easy in fact most what? of the time it's not perfect oh no oh, oh. No. <laughs> I thought being a Christian it just made my life would be really easy oh yeah oh yeah a loving God would never make me have pain well uh, just like Mr. Simon didn't make me do oh, push-ups yeah. oh yeah well, no he does okay this is yeah. interesting yeah God puts pain in our life so that the success at the end of it is worth it would you say God Causes pain or allows pain? I think he allows pain. Okay. Uh, so he's I, a loving guy. He allows pain unless yeah. you make your own decision oh, yeah. and unless you deal with your own consequence. Because mm-hmm. okay. you think back to the the same situation that every single one of us are going to die on this planet. Really? Yeah. It's it's crazy to think Weird. about. Oh, yeah. Okay. And when so, so every single one of us are reaching the same end point. And I did the same thing with my wrestling career. Both seasons, I reached the same end point. One of them was easy. I didn't try. I didn't do anything. I was just present. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, other than that, I was just there. And I got a sixth place medal. The second season, I tried. I busted my butt. It was awful. Skipping meals. There were days I couldn't drink as much water as I wanted to because I needed to be underweight. There were days where I'm just getting mauled because I'm one of the worst people in the room. So every single person that gets on top of me, I'm also one of the smallest. What 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 was your weight? So I was 132. How much you weigh right now? I am like 155, okay. 160, right. somewhere right around so there. So it was 20, 30 pounds. Yeah. Typical wrestler. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it was it was awful. And but that second sixth place medal means so much more to me because it was hard to get. I had to work for it. And I think the same is true with life when when we get to the end and we go up to to see Christ and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. If you're a Christian, you get into heaven regardless. One of those ways in is well done, good and faithful servant. One of them, you still get into heaven, but it might not be with the same rewards. So one And one of those lives is hard and one of them isn't. And ultimately, the place you're going is the same, but the rewards might be a little different. Just a thought real quick. On this earth, because you mentioned one's harder than the other, Mm -hmm. in a way, I mean, doing hard work or receiving consequences both feel hard. Mm -hmm. Like if I don't obey God, follow Jesus, I can also have a life full of consequences. Oh, yeah. I can follow Christ and do all the right things and have consequences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
One just has more rewards. Yes. Is that yes. fair? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I would agree with that. And so, but kind of going back to the the relationship with a with a young lady and dating and yeah. um the it it's the second most important decision that you will make in your life. And so choosing that choosing that person and who who you decide to 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 tie your ship to um it it, it has to be more than just how pretty she is. It has to be more than can she make you laugh. It has to be more than all of that cuz because beauty fades. I mean, my girlfriend tells me that I'm cute and I, I don't really see what she's seeing, but you know, uh, eventually that's all going to fade. If eventually I'm going to be an, a, an old guy that has no external beauty. And so in that moment, what am I worth? I'm, I'm worth my character. I'm worth what's on the inside. And the same thing is true with her. Obviously, she's significantly prettier than I am right now, but even that will fade over time. And, and the, now I'm not saying you shouldn't be physically attracted to your wife or, or, or your girlfriend yeah, or whatever, yeah. but there has to be more than that. If, if you're simply dating a girl because she, she looks pretty on the outside, then it's, it, to be honest, you probably shouldn't be pursuing her as, as a future wife. It's the, the internals that matter. Does she have a relationship with her, with God yeah. that's close, that's personal? Is she actively pursuing that? Um, what's her relationship with her family like? Mm. Um, do, does she have a does she have close friends? Does does she have a a job? Do, does is, is she actively working to to better herself in in more ways than than just her external beauty? Because mm. someday that's all going to fade. Yeah. And the the other question I asked myself is, uh, if I had a daughter that was just like my wife, would, would I be happy with that? Would I would I be happy looking down and seeing, yeah, that's that's my kid? If um, I, I also ask, uh, is this someone I can see raising my kids with me? Correct mm-hmm. um, question. Yeah, because because ultimately, I think I think that there are four things that define a real man, and one of them is bettering God's world. Uh, in Psalms one twenty seven. Three through five, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Amen. And talking about talking about kids and 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 having a partner to go alongside you through through the hard times in life, through the good times in life, but ultimately in raising the next generation of kids to become warriors for him. Man. To to not be passive in their faith is that that is one of the biggest biggest things in my mind for for choosing a spouse. How do you stay grounded in the word because you're a young guy, you have a lot of well, distractions, temptations, you know, it's difficult. Oh yeah. Oh, so, yeah. what what does a day look like for you? As you seek God, mm-hmm. you you want to fulfill His purpose in your life. You want to follow Him, but you're a guy, mm-hmm. right? Not perfect. Oh no way. Being perfected, but not perfect oh, yet. Yeah. How do you do that? Seriously, I think it starts with having a personal relationship with God. 
And okay. and I, I think that that word is thrown around so much. It, it 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 almost. I remember when I was in high school and middle school and college, people would say like, "Yeah, your personal relationship with God." And I was like, "What what does that even mean?" To me, it means setting aside time to spend with God. And because because you think about any relationship you have, if you never make time for it. If you never made time for your wife in your life, how, how would that go over for you? It wouldn't go well. Yeah. Right, honey? I know you listen to this. <laughs> uh, but the same, the same thing is true with, with God. He, he gave us all of his teachings right here in the word. And so spending time with him daily is, is a huge part of it. Mm. I also think that, that building a community around you, especially with guys, yeah. um, Having having an accountability group, having a group around you that's built um, with a singular focus to pursue and grow in Christ, I think is a huge, huge, huge piece of it. Yeah. Um, I am very blessed with two younger brothers that are both violently pursuing Christ um, with with everything that they I have. I like the word violently. That's, that's a warrior, man. Oh, yeah. God, God calls us to be warriors for Ooh. him. We are more than conquerors. Come on, man. <laughs> and I, I have I have one of my closest friends, JD, um, somebody that I look up to a lot. Uh, he is also in that category of violently pursuing Christ. And I, th- I think of all the different mentors around me, your, yourself, my one of my other wrestling coaches, Tad Woosley, um, all of these, these men that are around me that I can call up on any day and say, hey, you want to get coffee together and, and just talk about Christ and, and our walk together. Is Tad a wrestler as well? Yes, yeah. Where did he, he's probably my age, isn't he? Yeah, he's right about your age. So he wrestled for Joseph. I know the name Woosley, man. That's he was. So he has two younger brothers. Um, one of them wrestled for OSU. I'm trying to remember his first name. Yeah. Um, it's not Troy. Troy's his other brother. Mark. Mark Woosley. Okay. But Cool. But yeah, I think that the, for guys, those are the two biggest things is is spending daily time in the Word every day, um, spending daily time in prayer and communication with God. Hmm. Um, one thing that's cool about my job is I drive a lot. Yeah. And so there are times I just turn off the radio and I'll just talk to God for 30 minutes. And I think that, that is so important. Hmm. And the second thing is having having a group, a community that's around you that that you can, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the countenance of another, um, can just grind on each other, can sharpen each other, can can beat on each other so that we can all grow. And because you, you think of every single one of us starts out as a block of just metal. Yeah. And eventually we want to be a sword, a sword for Christ. But right now we're just a block that, I mean, the best use of us would be to just put us in a slingshot and throw <laughs> us away. Throw us in the water and yeah. let us sink. Exactly. Mm. And in order to get from that block to that sword, it starts with a lot of heat, a lot of pressure, a lot of a lot of swings of the hammer that aren't gonna be that aren't gonna be fun. And then once that's molded out into the general shape of a sword, then we go to the grinder. And just grinding off piece after piece after piece after piece to build that edge. And then once you have that edge built, you have to heat that sword up hot, hot, hot and dunk it in oil in order to quench it and harden it. And then it's ready 
to be to be used as a used by a warrior for God. And I think that that entire process is so so important of the the struggles of life, the struggles every single day to be perfected to that sword. I think we're confused by as believers, oh love, you know, it's emotional and sing kumbaya. Mm-hmm. But love is bathed in discipline, a warrior attitude, grinding, sharpening. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of the analogy too is the cocoon, the 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 moth in the cocoon, and you know, the little girl walks up and goes, Hey daddy, there's this little cocoon, and she takes the the cocoon off and this moth drops out and dies. But that wasn't the design. Mm-hmm. It was that the the moth would work and struggle and eventually break the cocoon and it would fly away as a beautiful butterfly. Uh, maybe a less analogy, but it life is a struggle. What you're talking about, wrestling, your walk with Christ, marriage, relationship, communication, accountability, all that you've talked about, there's nothing easy about it, but you have to show up every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, sounds painful, but the fire, the sharpening, wow, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think that the... The struggle of life is ultimately what makes life fun Hmm. because the rewards you reap. And I mean, I have so many of my friends that are, you know, life is hard. Maybe they don't like their boss. I I am blessed with it, with an amazing boss. He's, he's, he's awesome. You should try to get brownie points here, Matthew, or what? (laughs) I just didn't want him listening to this and all of a sudden me bashing on bosses or whatever. You got to respect your boss, good or bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love them and respect them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, not everyone has a great boss. Doesn't mean you can just up and quit. Um, not everyone has a, has an easy life. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to buy a house right now. Uh, you're in the mortgage industry, yeah. and I, I, I don't need to tell you how difficult it yeah. is right now. Yeah. Interest rates are 7 8 9%, it yeah. seems like. The cheapest thing on the market's $450,000, yeah. and I'm sitting here, and yeah. yeah. It's it's hard. Yeah. But ultimately, that's what makes it worthwhile. We all want this easy life, though, man. We want the easy road. And and if we just embrace the, you know, the tough life, and life is tough. It's tough mm-hmm. for everybody. We all have seasons. Like, you may have a tough time, and I'm, I'm good. I may have a tough season. You're good. That's why we come together, and we encourage each other. We edify each other. We pray for each other. But the joy is at the end of the trial and the struggle is like, we have victory. We're mm-hmm. more than conquerors in Christ, and that's the the answer we should have. Oh yeah, yes, hundred percent agree. That's awesome. You know, what uh, I have a favorite question. In fact, Camden's dad, Tim, Tim Davis, one of my really good friends. His favorite question is, "What's your greatest challenge, Matthew? Hmm. You know, what are you dealing with right this second? You know, personally, professionally, and and how you can deal with it? Like, it's like you asked that kid that." Lost that match is, hey, you lost. That sucks, doesn't it? Now, what are you going to do about it? I'd say one of my greatest challenges right now is at work. Um, so I'm a I'm a crop advisor, and part of and a big part of my job is making like chemical and fertilizer recommendations yeah. based upon what's out what's out in the field. And you know, you've got this crop with this weed. Well, that means you spray this chemical. But if it's a different crop with a different weed, you do something completely different. And so learning there's probably billions of different chemical combinations out there. Hmm. Uh, there. There's probably thousands of different chemicals and fertilizers out there. Yeah. 
but you start putting those together. Oh, I'll take this one, this one, and this one, and it's going to do this. But if I switch any one of those, all of a sudden it's not going to kill this and it's actually going to kill the crop. And not good. No, no, not at all. And been there before? I, I had a close <laughs> moment. Okay, close moment. Close moment. L- luckily, it didn't didn't end up didn't end up being as bad as I thought it was in the moment. Um, but yeah, it 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 terrified me to my bones. Um, but yeah, just just having that struggle every day of walking in to the office, knowing that there is so much I don't know, so much uh, so much out there that I truly don't know about my job and spending every single day striving to get better, striving to be greater, striving for greatness. And ultimately that that's not for me. That's not that's not greatness for me in any way, shape, or form. Um in Colossians 3:23 is one of the the coolest verses in the Bible. Uh Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Everything we do in this life, whether it's work, whether it is your relationship with your wife or girlfriend, um, you're raising your kids, it has nothing, nothing here is for you. Nothing here is for Nothing here is for me. Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago so that I could spend eternity in heaven with him. It, at the end of the day, I can devote 80 years of my life to, to even though I will never get there trying to pay that back, trying to say thank you. And so everything I do, excelling at God's work that he has for me, being the best in my career for him, not for me being the best in my coaching not for not for me not not so people can look at me and give me a award best coach of the year whatever no it's it's for him it's so that someone can see my actions and say why why are you working so hard mm. why do you care so much and may, maybe i never get to have that moment where somebody comes up and walks and and asks me but if it just plants the seed and maybe they see Sanium Christian written on my back as I'm helping coach. Yeah. Uh, maybe they see the little Bible verse I have stuck up in the dashboard of my truck. And they never end up asking me about it. But it just, it plants the seed in their heart mm. that God can water. And someday maybe somebody else gets the joy of getting to walk them through the path to eternal righteousness. Mm. That's what it's all about. Everything we do is for the Lord, whether and and he he blessed me with this body too, and so it, to to give anything less than my best is an insult to the body that he gave me. Hmm. He he gave he there there's so many people out there who are born with less capable bodies than I, um whether they're wheelchair bound or have some type of disease, but God blessed me with with this this amazing body with this amazing brain yeah. that I am able to use. And to do anything but the best, to do anything but strive to to be the greatest I can possibly be with this gift that he gave me is an insult to him, I believe. Yeah. Brother, that's a mic drop right there, man. That's 
powerful. Just how wise you are at 24. I always tell people, not as a brag, but as a, you know, I didn't come to know the Lord till I was 28. I didn't know one Bible verse till I was 28. I was trying to be a man at 23. I got married. Mm-hmm. How did that work out for those five years from 23 to before I actually knew Christ? You know, I didn't, I wasn't where you are. You were bathed in scripture, born in the church, reading scripture. You had parents that actually not just talk about God, but actually walked with God, talk, you know, shared scripture with you. So now where you're 24, doing the same thing as you someday down in the future, get married, have kids and pass on that. That is generational. That is life changing. It's the only thing that gives hope. There's no other hope, by the way. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. But yep. your message is, there's nothing else. <laughs> no. The struggle's real. Jesus is your hope. Yes. So, that's so good, dude. This is good. You know, as we wrap up this podcast, we could probably, we'll probably do this again, I'm pretty sure, because this is really good. Is there any thoughts, any last things you're thinking about that maybe you didn't share? We've, we've had a lot of Friday morning meetings, or bre- meetings, breakfasts, and uh, I've learned a lot from you, you know, from public speaking. You've taught me a couple things about how to public speak. I think it's important. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to get in front of people, change your life. You know, say something important. Be, be prepared. But is there any last things you want to share before we sign off? I'd say the biggest thing is is speaking to the guys out there specifically is don't do it by yourself. But we like to, Matthew. Oh, yeah. I am. I'm a I'm a guy. Pull up my own bootstraps. I can do my own thing. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with it. Like, I, I am a I am a self-motivated person. I, I like to do things on my own, yeah. um, mainly because I know that they'll get done right yeah. and the right in my eyes. Um, but ultimately, we we were not created to be by ourselves. We were not created to do things on our own. We were created to get in a group, to link shields together. Um, one of my favorite Bible verses is in Ecclesiastes uh, for nine through 12. Um, and it, it talks about friendship. It, tra- it talks about, uh, about being with other people. And one of the, the, the last line in that verse is a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Mm. And you can read it two ways. You can read it as you, your wife and God, or you, your friend and God. And if you, if you know anything about a rope, the, a single stranded rope can be broken fairly easily. Yeah. You put two strands on it, and it's not the strength of two strands. It's actually more than that. If you add a third strand, it's not the strength of three strands. It's even more. It get, The growth of that rope gets exponentially bigger. So as you add God and you, and then you add a warrior beside you, a friend, you you start adding these people around you, it it. It grows your impact. It grows your ability to be successful. It grows your ability to be that sword for Christ. Mm. Because we're all different. Yeah. To think that I have the knowledge in my head to be able to go out and do everything. It's like one one strand or one cord and it will snap. Yes. But if you put seven or eight of those cords together, even from a secular point of view, taking Christ out of it, I can only learn so much. I, I I have a base level of knowledge on, on how to grow crops and stuff like that, but I, I know almost nothing about engines and mechanics. 
I, I know no, almost nothing about the medical field, about veterinary services and, and stuff like that. And so to, to, to tie yourself to the friends and warriors alongside of you mm. that all have a common purpose of pursuing Christ, but every single one of you has a different set of skills, your, your effectiveness just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows to the point where, God willing, he will allow you, your unit, your group, your your squad to to be warriors for him to go mm. out and make real meaningful change for him and ultimately that's what it's all about every single thing we do on this earth mm. is for him it's not for you it's not for me it's not for my wife as pretty as she might be it's for him it's for him whoo dude that was awesome we're going to end on this little bible verse here kind of goes to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not designed to be alone, but I, I share this with men a lot because it's the one thing we struggle with. Proverbs 18.1 says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. A fool does not delay in understanding, but only in revealing his own mind. Mm-hmm. And true accountability, because you mentioned accountability, mm-hmm. you know, to affect people, to be sharpened by people is we got to come around to each other and be sharpened to people. I have blind spots. You have blind mm-hmm. spots that we see that you may not see or I may not see. That's the point. Don't separate. Come together with men and uh, be accountable. So, Matthew, this has been remarkable. One of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. I'm just being honest with you. I love meeting with you for breakfast. It's been a joy. I remember last year, you probably just graduated from Oregon State. I get a video from you. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Oh yeah. Hey buddy, let's grab breakfast or get together. And for the most part, we've gotten together almost every month. We might have missed a month or two here and there, mm-hmm. but I really enjoy that. I enjoy our Friday morning breakfast once a month mm-hmm. and I hope we keep doing it. So, Oh yeah. We'd never want to stop. Cool. Well, let's do this again uh, sometime in the future. Hey, just uh, say thank you to all that are listening. This is a great podcast to share with your family, your friends. Uh, Matthew's got a great story, uh, a very humble young man who's struggling through life like the rest of us. Please listen up and share it, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much.